Ready? That's very funny. Hello, and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 33-4. I came in with a strange energy. I'm really sorry about that. My name is Rob Nichols. And I don't have strange energy. (laughs) Every week, we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. And this week is a special live episode for our Patreon members. So if if you want to watch us record an episode live and hang out in the chat and chat with us and talk with us, we do it once a month for our Patreon members. Patreon members of all levels. Uh, Patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. Oh, shapes and sizes. Yeah. Colors and sprinkles. Also, as a member of Flavors. Patreon, you get access to additional content, like the live show that we recorded from Too Many Games uh, just last week, or I guess two weeks ago, as when this show comes out. It ended up being a really fun time. It was dude. a lot of fun. We had a lot of audience participation, which was unexpected. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and appreciated. And um, it's it recorded okay, so it's probably going to be a, a regular episode in a few weeks. But for now, it's going to be a Patreon exclusive if you want to listen to that. It's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie, though. My favorite aspect of that whole thing, this, though the show itself was fun to do, it was nice when the episode ended and people from the audience were coming up just to have general conversations. Yes. Uh, the guy who runs the live stream radio station of only Kirby music was in the audience. <laughs> and he introduced himself. And I thought, oh, that's amazing. I'm running another video uh, radio station, too. I think everyone does. It's just, it's just it's awesome to find other people who run radio stations that isn't lo-fi hip-hop. In fact, in the process of, of researching other like um, virtual servers mm-hmm. to host live streams, there's, there's, a whole, there's a whole industry of businesses that that's all they do, is they make it easy for people to just to stream lo-fi hip-hop for their own radio stations. Hmm. And it's all like the same music. Just like a let up beep. Yeah, that's why if you search lo-fi hip-hop in YouTube, there's like 50 stations that are all, it's just BMO from Adventure Time, in various places. Well, I mean, I'll admit, Bemo's a friggin' awesome character. So I've, I've never seen the show. Is it Bemo's Great, Great Adventure? No, it's, it's Adventure Time. Bemo, Bemo 3, The Revenge? No, it's just Bemo. Bemo. It's literally just Bemo. Bemo 4, Season of the Witch? No, that's Season 5. Oh, man, Season 5. <laughs> it's literally, otherwise, it's just Bemo. There's the Bemo. And he's an awesome little character. I bought the video game for Adventure Time on 3DS specifically because it came in a Bemo case. <laughs> And I was like, yes, I'm sold. Gimme, I'll, gimme. I'll have to watch Adventure I saw the, the pilot of Adventure Time, and I thought it was cute and awesome. And oh, the pilot was amazing. I know, and then I never watched it. It was. It came out at the same time as another one. It was um, Bee, Honeybee, Dog Bee, Cat Bee. Cat Bee? I am all powerful. And the guy's like, shut up. He just takes his crap. He's like, no, my power. And then, of course, my favorite oh, lie for some dumb reason, the guy bee, was like. Bee and Honey Cat. All right, go on. It was like, what was it, the, the, the ice clops. They start naming a bunch of random villains. The guy goes, ah, ice clops. The guy goes, somebody say my name. And for some reason, I was insta- I rewound that part multiple times because the way the guy said that, just I was like, yeah, I, I want this show to become a show. And then it became a show. And I was like, wow, this is not what I was expecting it to be. But I'm still glad it was great and it lasted as long as it did. How long? Did it, it went on for years, right? It went on for quite a while. Quite a while, yeah. Um, all right, so last week we released our episode for the Masters of VGM kind of podcast event that was going on, mm-hmm. and we had uh, eight composers. You had four, I had four, and I think we didn't really mean to, but we kind of wanted to each have like two Western composers, two Japanese composers. Oh, I I totally threw that to the to the winds. Like there was a moment in the there, so there was a you uh, YouTube uh, Twitter group for it. 
And there was a character that commented in there at one point. I was call him a character. And they were upset <laughs> that we didn't have any Western composers, almost as though we were playing favorites or something. When in reality, it's likely just the games that we played happened to be games played that featured mostly West or um, Japanese composers. Sure, yeah, yeah. Which is not a surprise because I feel like if you weren't playing FPS games back in the day, you were generally playing Japanese import, uh, imports, but Japanese, Japanese localized games, games right. which had Japanese composers. So I did feel a little bad at that point. I was like, I wonder if I'm not thinking about somebody. But then I naturally ended up coming up with you know Dominic, who is clearly not Japanese. Yeah. He's solid works. Um, and in the end, I was just like, okay, here are my people. And they just they were diverse in their own right and staying with you. You were just like, here are my people. Because I, in my understanding, what you did, you was like, you just wrote down a list of people you liked, and I you had, chose four. I had a list of twenty, and then I had to pick four out of that, and that was so hard to do. It was so hard to do, and in the end, I wanted to create a theme, and that was Sega. And I thought, you know, Sega meant a lot to me, so it's all going to be Sega composers or people <laughs> involved in Sega in some way. And honestly, I've been thinking about this too. I feel like for the live stream for this coming oh, month, it could have easily people- swung on the, all the way to Konami. <laughs> oh, that'd have been a dangerous game. Yeah, right. Okay, so, like, I'm hoping, assuming the, the Patreons are interested, the patrons are interested in it. I feel like the next month's Patreon live stream should be that for them. Oh yeah, who that's would, a who, great who, idea. Or who would you consider to be your masters of VGM? Because quite frankly, when we were done the panel, that was someone's like, I want to hear what everybody else thinks. Who are you, who do you think should be- belongs on this list of people? I'm curious because yeah. everyone's experiences are different which means they're going to have their own top-tier list of composers. And, of course, most importantly, no one's going to get all their people listed because there's too many. Yeah, someone else is going to have it, though. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's just generally how it's going to be. But, yeah, that would be that's a great idea. So next month is going to be your Masters of VGM. Oh, yeah. Vi- so uh, VGM you- means video game music. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were the, a person that was like, not enough Western composers, yeah. now is your chance to remedy that. Um, Shake it up. All right, but this this week is different. This this week is again we're back to our summer kickoff. We um, all of our Patreon live episodes we do listener suggested uh, songs. Mm-hmm. So listeners write in. It doesn't have to be Patreon members, but any listener of the show you can write in your recommendation for our sh- for for this episode. And just like the VGM jukebox, one of our favorite po- podcasts of of the olden times of the before times. Um, we also, you can write a testimonial and we'll read your testimonial on the show. And so I am going to start the show as an even numbered episode 33 4 with a suggestion from our listener and fellow podcaster, Hammock. Hammock! This is Wave Race 64 Twilight City from Kasumi Totaka.
You're listening to Twilight City from Wave Race 64 for the N64, composed by Katsumi Totaka. Ooh, Totaka's a classic composer too, a big, big time Nintendo composer. Um, you know, from Animal Crossing. KK Slider is Totaka. Oh, that's oh, that's him. Yeah, he did a lot of that music. He's done a lot, a lot of music for Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Um, that man, this is a this is a quick little jam though. It's not not that long. It's messing with me though, because I said it on the break, but I've played I played Wave Race 64 to death, which wasn't hard to do because it was one of the first games the console had when it was a when it was originally a gaming drought. And uh, I don't remember this tune, but I feel like maybe that's because the only two levels I ever would rotate after being the game were Marine Fortress and Sunset Bay because I like the music on those levels the most. This is good though. Oh, this I, is a good I track. love this right here. Listen to the, the, the cowbell. But that's just it. It's like, now that I'm hearing this, I'm like, no, this is a solid beat. Like, I like this yeah, track. That that little that little interlude section with the solo, that could have been looped like two or three more times, and I, I wouldn't turn it away. I mean, that's good. All right, so uh, Hammock wrote a testimonial, and he would like to say, when I think of fun in the sun, I think of quietly kayaking out on a beautiful lake somewhere far away from everything. But when I think of fun in the virtual sun, I think of Wave Race 64 on the Nintendo 64. Nothing says party in the USA more than tearing across the lake on your rich friend's dad's Yamaha Wave Runner <laughs> EX Deluxe in the summertime. Don't, uh, don't like jet skis because they're too loud? Well, Wave Race 64 has you covered because you can ride a dolphin instead. But dolphins can be real chatty too. Believe me, I spent a year underwater. So much clicking, click, 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 and humping. Anyway, Wave Race 64 reminds me of playing my neighbor's N64 over summer vacation because it was just too dang hot outside to do anything else but chill under the AC, riding a dolphin. And nothing says party in Aqua City more than this soundtrack. So many jams to choose from, but Twilight City was and always will be my jam. That was, I like that yeah. testimonial. <laughs> That's a great testimonial. Um, Hammock, Hammock's always coming through with the tunes and, and with the testimonials because like it's just that's just his cadence on his show. Mm-hmm. The, uh, KVGM, the next wave, the, uh, the the last wave. The next wave is the I guess the next show after the last one. And the one thing I like I remember about Wave Race sixty four that made it really stand out for his time, and honestly, maybe even still, I don't know, is the fact that. When they released it, they made a major push to talk about how the waves would alter, based how the waves would change based on the lap you were on and the track you were on. Oh, really? And you had to kind of learn how to wide ride on the waves per se. Like it wasn't just I'm driving my jet ski, turn, drive my jet ski, turn. It was like okay, the waves are coming in this way, so you got to kind of push slightly against the waves to ride it well enough to. Oh, keep max so speed. it wasn't like a racing game where it's like okay, I have the perfect line for every turn. It was like oh, every, was that too? every lap was like you have the perfect line, but you had to adjust it based on the waves. Yes. Oh, that's cool. It was really awesome. It was a, it's honestly a very different style of racing game than I'd been used to up until that point. Because prior to that was like the the road rashes and the top gears, and honestly, that may well be the primary racing game I used to play. Sketching, um, sketching, stunt race sixty four, F zero. So, but yeah, Wave Race sixty four was very different for the time. But I loved it to death, and as you can tell, the music was quite the beast. The music is real good. Kristen is done with work. Really I hope that doesn't mean she's let, letting us go for the day. But <laughs> it is good that she's able to get out of the office. She can't let us go because we quit. No, I don't quit. I You're not the boss out. of me. I want to hang out with all my <laughs> BGM friends. 
All right, um, Pernell, what's your next track? All right, so the next track is going to actually also be a jet ski game. I, I was hoping you would go for that. Oh, <laughs> bet you, you bet you took us. This was a banger from the start. I bet you took us. Um, this comes from Electric Boogaloo, and the track is called Beginner Course. It's come from the arcade game Sega Water Ski, and is composed by Tetsuya Kawauchi. back you're listening to beginner course from the game sega water ski released to the arcade composed by tetsuya kawauchi and submitted by listener electric boogaloo funny enough rob apparently discovered that he had chosen this track on an earlier episode of the show too so great minds do think alike and great taste in music collide to result in catastrophic yet somehow soothing musical tenderness um so what does he have to say about this track, our friend Electric Boogaloo? Well, Sega Water Ski's flyer dared to ask, have you ever walked on water? Developed by Sega's AM1, the team behind Wave Runner and Sega Bass Fishing, Water Ski lets you ride on a huge cabinet with giant foot pedals, similar to those on Namco's Alpine Racer games. And you go around a track with one of four charismatic characters and ski your way through buoys, make spectacular jumps, and attempt some insane stunts while doing it. I don't remember if I had seen a water ski cabinet in real life, but I've sadly never played on an actual cabinet. It wasn't until the magic of emulation where I heard about it and thus played it. While trying to play it with keyboards is certainly no substitute for ski simulating foot pedals, but like their Wave Runner arcade game, it's got some really nice summer vibes going for it, including those classic Sega blue skies mm. and over-the-top announcer voiced by Sega Bass Fishing's own Hisaki Namiya. Oh, I love that. The soundtrack by Tetsuya Kawauchi, best known for his work on the first two House of the Dead games, really does hone in on the summer party mood. This beginner course song in particular really gets you pumped out of the hit the water and have a blast. So if there's any place that might have a Sega cabinet water ski out there, it might be worth a couple of your minutes. Pull off some high jumps and crazy tricks, and you might just get a top ranking. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a Sega water ski game. Now, we did have a water ski game at Funscape when I worked there, and I always assumed it was Wave Race, but maybe it was this one. 
It couldn't have been Wave Race. I don't think that game had an arcade game. I see, I, for some reason, I always thought Wave Race was an arcade port, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe we had this game. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, because Wave Race was specifically released on N64 for the first time, and then it got... Blue Storm might have had an arcade game, but I don't think it did. Maybe it did. But Wave Race Blue oh. Storm was the GameCube game, and was, that was the last one. It was Wave Runner. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Because we walked by it and we go, Wave Runner! And that was, is that Taito? Was that a Taito joint? Hold on. I don't know. Oh, and the sequel, H2 Overdrive. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think it was. Oh, yeah, it was Sega. Hold on. This is this is killing me here. What are you looking for? I want to know who developed Wave Runner. Taito, probably. Ah, that's that's a Yamaha. A Wave Runner is actually a Yamaha. Oh, it was Sega. It was Sega. There you go. Sega made so many jet ski games. When what is happening? They make money. That's why. <laughs> Video games where you sit on a giant cab and pay exorbitant amounts of money for thirty seconds of fun. Yeah, that's Sega. That sounds about right. This does have a summery vibe to it, doesn't it? Though? So think about that that keyboard sound. Oh, yeah. And that was the thing. That's why when I first listened to it, I was like, this is an instant choice for me because it it covers the summery vibe to the letter. Yeah. Like, you get into the, you drive to the beach as a kid, and you get out of the car, and you're walking, you're running down the pier to get to the, you know, to the water line, the shoreline, and just everything's happening at once. The jet ski's shooting by, the kid's throwing frisbees, the oh. guy getting hit with a volleyball. All in your face while you're eating a corn <laughs> dog. That's summer, baby. And this music is playing over the experience. Oh, you're getting me all excited for summer. Yeah, like when I walk out to the beach and I see kids playing paddle ball and, and there's like a plane flying overhead that's got a banner that says, you know, Beach Boys cover band playing at the such and such. You know, go do that. And there's Peter's ice cream. It's always good. I love the beach. I do too, except for how much money it costs and how crappy the parking is. It's not great, but if you have a summer, uh, if you have a Delaware Parks tag, you can go to many Delaware beaches for free. But how's the parking? Well, you have your own parking. They don't have private spaces. No, but it's parking lots. Yeah. And they're not full? Not always. I like the sound of that. If you go when we go. (laughs) Seven in the morning. Oh, Christ. Yeah, (laughs) you keep that noise. Yeah, then you can park anywhere. The problem I have now is I got to wake up early for work. I'm not going to wake up early by choice. You can go to Seashore Park. You can go to Cape Henlopen, and I think you can park on the street on in Lewis, and you can park on the street in Bethany for free. Yeah, but then the problem is you got to park on the street, and the parking is usually extremely tight. It's very, very tight. Super, super tight. It's worth it. And since I'm tall, I've always driven tall, like lengthy cars. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I do not relish having to parallel park the Buick that we bought. We have like a 2003 Buick. But I and do it's like, massive. <laughs> yeah, I probably don't, don't take me dead, but I definitely will jalapeno a Buick if I have a chance. Ah. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll be here all week with my dad jokes uh, yeah. and grown-worthy <laughs> anecdotes. All right, our next track, um, I'm going to pick from Jess. Jess picked from the game Police Quest 3, music by Jan Hammer, uh, or Jan Hamer. Um, who is also the composer of the Miami Vice theme song. Jan Hammer. Yeah, did a ton of um, music for commercials, television shows, and movies. Jan Hammer. Um, This is the title music to Police Quest 3 for the PC, and this is picked by our listener, Jess.
That was title music from Police Quest 3 for the PC composed by Jan Hamer. That was a really slick track. It just sounded like more like sophisticated. It did sound like a TV theme song more than like a, a game theme song. The thing is like the name, I've never heard of this game, but the title makes me wonder wish that it was like a police RPG. It is. That's exactly what it is. Really? So it's it's a police RPG in that um it's like King's Quest or, or Space Quest. Have you played those games? No. Uh, so well, King's Quest I've heard of. King's Quest and, and um, Space Quest. So they were like point-and-click adventure games from Sierra. Um, Space Quest was really, really silly. Um, it was more of a comedy. The Police Quest series was more of like a police procedural, but you had to follow every single rule in the book. Oh, my God. I'm saying the beachy tour. I, I was going to say, it's about following all the rules. It is. And if, but you, it and if you is. don't, like something horrible goes wrong and you die. And it's very serious. It's very, very serious. But they made like five or six of them. It's like Dragon's Lair, but for cops. It's like just right there. Push the quick time button. But they don't show it on the screen. You just got to know. No, this one's like this one's like point and click. And okay. Oh, but you didn't fill out the police report. Point and click. Oh, you didn't throw out the <laughs> trash. You didn't, you didn't put the evidence away in the Sounds locker. Sounds like the criminal gets away yeah. again. You know, Press but, it, putting a coin to continue. But it's true because if you don't follow procedure and they go to court and they show that the police didn't follow the procedure, the criminal could just walk away. Yeah, but that's when Vigilante Quest 1 starts. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's the game, but that's when you start playing Batman. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm all about Vigilante Quest. Let's set this up. See, if you start to fail in Police Quest, you can load up Batman for the NES and punch tanks. <laughs> that's a I, Vigilante. That's still one of Sunsoft's like, greatest like shock successes. I know. We're going to release this Batman game. It has nothing to do with uh, Batman except like the last two bosses, and Batman apparently can punch tanks now. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. It does have the Axis chemical plant, but it's also probably the most baffling corporate enterprise I've ever seen in a video game. How does it get through ocean qualifications? I have no idea. <laughs> Chemicals just dripping from pipes down to the floor. Um, they own the ocean. Thank you very much. That is true. But, you know, it's still like, how do the employees get from point A to point B when they clock in to start their shifts? It made no sense. They just live at work, man. They just and they live at work because they love what they do. They let themselves become electrified monsters who stand on specific platforms waiting yes. for violations to, or violators to show up and intrude on the premises. But they collect a cool ten fifty an hour to do so, so they're okay someone, with the gig. Someone has to do the job. And if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. All <laughs> <laughs> platforms doing nothing. Uh, all right, we have a testimonial from Jess. Uh, Jess says, when I started trying to think about Sunny Games, for some reason, Detective Sunny Bonds from the Police Quest series popped into my head. So what the heck? Close enough. I grew up on point-and-click adventures and always thought that uh, Police Quest 3 was probably the best one in the series. The mouse-only interface was a huge improvement over the text parser in the previous games. Growing up in the pre-internet age meant no FAQs or online walkthroughs, so you got to listen to the music a lot when you figured it out. Thankfully, we had a sound blaster, and most of these games have awesome soundtracks. That is true. They sound great. Um, you definitely won't want to listen to the tracks on their own outside the game, but they sure do set the scene and mood in the game. The title track is definitely something you'll want to listen to on its own, though. This song is really cool. Actually, Martyrs, Super cool. Martyrs made a good point. He mentions a, he asked about the Buddy Cop VGM theme revival, which oh. means we need to reach out to Hammock again, because he did say he wanted to do it. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll and this, sadly, this has already been used now. <laughs> oh, well, this track has. Yeah, been. yeah, yeah. Oh, we have a um, we have a pirates versus ninjas theme coming That's up with with, Carly, with Carlos, and um, yeah, then we'll have the buddy cop part two with Hammock. Hammock. We can probably get that done in the next month, I'm sure. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just like the fact that right now we're, I mean, I still want more listener suggestions, but we're actually flush with topics, which means we won't have to sit there at the middle yeah, of the so night. We need a topic. We need a I topic. I got a whole list. You know what I also have for now? I have a quiz. Episode a topic or pastry dish from Wawa. The pastry dish from Wawa? That's the, t- that's the quiz, isn't it? Episode topic oh. or pastry dish from Wawa. <laughs> that's actually a really good idea. But you know you know way too much about Wawa. We can't be doing that. We can't I really do. That. I know a lot about Wawa. <laughs> Freaking delicious. I eat most dinners from there. Instead, we are going to have a quiz. And it is all about what you know about Game Awards. Nothing. There you go. There's your answer, fish bulb. <laughs> All Pernod knows is that he likes video games that rarely get awards. Um, so you, you can remember sort of what was a popular game in a certain year. Maybe. I bet you could. Well, I guess you're about to find out because you're putting me to the test. I've never studied for this topic. Well, think about maybe what was the most popular game in that year, and that'll help you What along. game was too cool for school? So what's going to happen is I'm going to list um, uh, the magazine or the publication or the award the award system ceremony, whatever. The people who are giving in the awards. Okay. And the year they gave out the award. And I and, have to name the game? And you have to see if you can name the game. Is it multiple choice? No. Are you daft, punk? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know how hard that's going to be? Like, now you've played thousands of games in your life. What game with one best shooter in 1998? Well, clearly, Doom. So think of, uh, I mean, think about that. Think about that. Think about that. And I'm not even giving you, it's not, this is just game of the year. G-O-T-Y, right? Overall. Uh Uh-huh. All right, we're going to start. EGM in 1997. 1997. That was a good year for for Scotch. So in 1997... There's a lot of awards! <laughs> I need something more than that! EGM's best, best in 1997. The best game of the year in 97? 97. What system was was tops in 97? Maybe Resident Evil 2? It was Resident Evil 2? But that could have come out in the beginning of 98. There we go. Now it's happening. Now it's working. Yes, no, come no, on. Don't you, you guess me! This is a horrible yes. quiz! <laughs> Try it anyway! Oh, you don't want to do Nightmare Mode? This is nightmare mode for now. It already is. I didn't opt for this garble. All right, but uh, I do, I, that's my guess though. It's Resident Evil Two. All right, let's let's. Narrow I'm really down. About Nintendo N64. It was N64. N64, 1997 Game of the Year. He's for from EGM. It wouldn't have been Mario. That was '96 when the system came out. Um, it was on the N64. Yeah. What the McGarbo? I bought like every game that came out early on in that system's life too. Oh man. Cruising unit? No, it wasn't cruising. It wasn't Jeff Force Gemini. Cruising. Was it Blast Corpse? Nope. Yeah, I would never be Blast Corp. Hey, don't you trash Blast? Cry game was fun. Yeah, but th- which no one appreciated when it came out. That is very true, actually. So, was a game that everybody appreciated on the N64? <laughs> I don't know. It was Goldeneye. That was. Not- Why did I not remember Goldeneye? I hated that game so much. <laughs> a friend of mine bought it for me for Christmas, and I had to actually smile about it. <laughs> I was like, thanks. I appreciate this. And I pretty much used it solely for, like, multiplayer entertainment when people came by and they just wanted to play Goldeneye. No, I will admit, though, I did find myself enjoying the single player because the lack of jumping made it easier for me to deal with the actual maneuver and stuff. The the, the platforming. It wasn't no platforming. It was just Yeah, it was just turn in a direction and shoot. No need to aim up and down or anything like that. Destructoid 2007. 
Destructor 2007. This is a hard quiz. I love how you're like, print out those games. He don't know these. <laughs> All right, what was a great game? 2007. 2007. What came out in 2007? What came out in 2007? Lots of stuff. Yeah, but what was but what was the like, what were the games people were talking about in 2007? <laughs> I don't friggin' know. I need more. Give me a letter or something. I can't. The first one was all I remembered. <laughs> Jesus, this quiz is hard. I'm wondering if any mouse has something. Like, cause then I'm the Destructoid 2007, a game they liked. It would have probably been on the Xbox 360 at the time. 07, 360. You'll just spitball in there. I know, but you can throw a shot in the dark here. It's a very dark room. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, I'm throwing a lot. Oh, uh, jeez. I'll close my eyes. Bring up the answer and give me a clue. Because I got nothing. Let me know I can First person shooter. Can I open my eyes again? Open your eyes. It's Bioshock. That was Bioshock? 2007. Game of the year. Bioshock. That's how long ago Bioshock was? 2007. No, no, don't get me wrong. It deserved the award. Bioshock was amazing, but I did not remember that. See, Chris Murray's in the same boat. He <laughs> named Skyrim and GTA 5, both of which did not come out in 2007, but I understand where he's coming All from. Right. Japan Game Awards 2004. Really? Yes. All right. So, but so now, 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 no, 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 no. Think of a game that was super popular, that was maybe only popular, that would have only, only been popular in Japan. in Japan. Yeah. Okay. Clue. It was eventually popular out here in the states years later. Years later. Years later. Multiplayer. Years. It was later. a multiplayer game. Years later, this one was not. But so it came out later in the states. Massive appreciation in Japan came out much, much later in the States and as a different game. Yeah. As a different game. Yeah, like a, a future title in the series. In the, in the series, very... Japan loves this game. Homegear's <laughs> like, Dokopon. Because <laughs> it's actually Dokopon. <laughs> it doesn't have a Japanese name. Oh, okay. So it is an actual non-Japanese yeah, yeah, yeah. title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Skyrim GTA 5. <laughs> you can't just keep saying Skyrim and GTA 5. <laughs> <laughs> Skyrim, clearly. And Triple Jeff oh. didn't move to Japan until 2014. Oh, man. You're failing me, Try right. Jeff. You're, You're failing out. me. It was Monster Hunter. No, they were coming. Oh, you know what? You know what's messing with me now? When the PSP. Because the PSP, I didn't get into Monster Hunter or even try to until Freedom Unite. And at that time, I didn't understand the game. I got into it eventually and actually liked it at Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, but I primarily played it single player. Yeah. The game developer's choice, 2019. Three three years ago. You well, know what? I got this one. Three years ago. Grand Theft Auto V. <laughs> game developers, the nerds who make the games. Oh, Skyrim. What did they love? Skyrim. Do you think it was Skyrim? When did Skyrim come out? <laughs> How many times did Skyrim come out? 2019. It comes out every two years. Right, think of an indie game three years ago that was super popular. An indie game? Yes. There's a lot of those, man. I know, but only so many shot to like the zeitgeist of people's brains who don't even play a lot of games. In 2019. Yes, three years ago. Mm. Oh my god! I see. I think he has it. Chris Murray, I think nailed this one. So Chris Murray says Celeste. Celeste. Kristen Tucker <laughs> says Tetris. <laughs> it is the Untitled Goose Game. That was 
2019? That was yeah, that was 2019. Is this? Oh my god! Am I? Do we have to stop the game? Am I making you feel bad? How old am I? <laughs> that was 2019. I really thought that was like 2020 or that was, 2021. That was just three years ago. It's just three years ago. That's a long time in old man years. <laughs> 2019 was untitled Goose Game. Oh my Glavin! I guess it kind of makes sense because the Mighty Goose was kind of a spin on the whole Angry Goose bit right, and that right. came out last year. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up is 1989 from Famitsu. So 89, 1989. So it's Famicom. Mario 3. Famitsu. Mario 3. 3. Mario 3 came out 90 in the States. But what was popular in Japan, 1989? Could have been Mario 3. All right. And it was Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy 2. 2. No one cared about Final Fantasy 2. <laughs> That's why this is Famitsu. This is the one that everybody ragged on, though. I personally thought it was a good idea. That was the one where the battle system, you didn't have levels. You stat it up based on like how whether you, if you dealt damage or took damage <laughs> or used specific types of attacks. So what's interesting, 1988, their, their game of the year was Final Fantasy 1, 89 was Final Fantasy 2, and 90 was Final Fantasy 3. I tell you, though, if there's a person out there that is listening to this episode and they're like, well, clearly it was Final Fantasy 2, and obviously it was freaking Bioshock, like you, sir, need to come on the show because... <laughs> You have an uncanny knowledge of I video game awards. I knew this was going to be hard, but I had no multiple idea. Choice multiple choice would have made it reasonable. I'm like, okay, yeah. I can make the dice. The dice awards, 2020. Oh, I love board games. All right, but I, it's I forget what it stands for. But two years ago, what would have been? What do you think was most popular two years ago? Bioshock. It's hard because you play so many games. I played thousands of games. Like I, I even said to be like arrogant is not being a jerk. I have I play I, like I was four games like, a week. I was thinking like he plays so many games. Of course he's gonna know like what's the most popular. So I'll just make it based on the. No, date. my brain is like a Rolodex. If you name a game, it runs through the files, it pops it out, and I remember everything about it immediately. So if I listed four games, you're gonna be like, I don't know, Skyrim. <laughs> no, if you named four games. I could probably nail it down. Right. In fact, I'll close my eyes. You make up four games. And one of them be the real one. I'll give you the answer. Right, it was Hades. 2020 Hades. You're supposed to cheat. You're supposed to give me the four games. That's not the game. Um, yeah, it's too late. You, uh, I saw the, the screen. Uh, BAFTA Awards. The British Academy Game Awards. Uh, from 2013. T-Brawler. <laughs> it was The Last of Us. <laughs> the Last of That. I love that game. Polygon 2016. Mm, Polygon 2016 for now. Super Mario. No, that wasn't even, there wasn't even a Mario game out in 2016. That was the year before. I the put Switch time on released. this quiz. I know you did. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really rough topic. All right, here we go. Game Fan 44 says Animal Crossing. Chris Murray says Monopoly Junior for 2016. Martira says Fallout 76. It couldn't have been Animal Crossing, unfortunately. Couldn't have Fallout 76. Wait, no, no, wait, wait. It could have been because Animal Crossing New Leaf would have come out. Yeah. I'm going to back Kristen on that. It could very well have been New Leaf. It was Doom. No, they loved Doom, the Doom remake. I did too, but... I, oh, God. I remember the Doom remake got like... And, and But the video game group that I run, we did our yearly award ceremony for that, and Doom was getting like... <laughs> Award. It was the most amazing thing to see. People loved that game. 
<laughs> Jeff says it's not Purnell's fault. You wasted your time. <laughs> Damn. Thank you, Try wow. Jeff. You got my back, buddy. Yeah, all right. So now I know. Now I know to dumb things down for you in the future. Hey, you. <laughs> hey, you. All you got to do is multiple choice. What is this broad? I'll do better. I'll do better. A U.S. Gamer 2019. Got any ideas? 2019. 2019. <laughs> Again, US Gamer? Three years ago. Stars and Stripes Quest? I don't know. Uh, I guess it could have been. I guess I have a real game. <laughs> I don't know. U.S. Gamer. Maybe that could have been like 2019. Cool. No, Celeste came out in 2018, I think, actually. Because you were playing that for yeah. a bit. That was, yeah. So it couldn't have been Celeste. Uh, U.S. Gamer. Yeah, so just an American Game Award. So American Game Award Skyrim. It was Disco Di Elysium. That's a game that Matt talked up. Disco Elysium. I don't know anything about that one. I know very little about it, but I Love know the Matt art style. Love it. the art style. Uh, Time Magazine last year, 2021. Time? Time Magazine Game of the Year from their editors from 2021. That would have been Hades, but that was 2021, which wasn't a time for Hades. That was a prior, so to shove a double. 2021. What was a big game? Give me a system. What tried you last said. year? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. This is 2021. This is going to be the most painful because it was literally last year. Should be fresh in my mind. But Should even be. when, but even when I give my own game awards, it's never like the big stuff. It's always like I know. The I know. Games you, that you don't think me. about that. Yeah, that's another thing I don't think I considered. Um, uh, Martyrus says Undertale. I wish it was Undertale, but that Chris guy Murray says Armored Core. No, he, he was saying Animal Crossing. Oh, Animal Crossing. I, I don't know. See, all I see is AC. Actually, you know the funny thing? No, Animal Crossing would have been 2020. That was when the pandemic first kicked off, and Animal Crossing saved mental states all around the country. Kirby? No, yeah, well, let's give it to him. It is Metroid Dread. Metroid Dread was Game of the Year from Time Magazine. I'm surprised you did that. Don't get me wrong, it definitely deserved it, but I'm surprised it got it. And thank you for playing. I'm going to give myself the award for making an impossible quiz. You really friggin' did. Friggin' brutal quiz. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> it was me thinking I was being clever. Instead, I was just being, uh, making it links a little too difficult. It was a, it was a monstrous quiz. <laughs> a monstrous quiz. All right. Anyway, let's get to some more music. What's your next track? All right, let me see. Let me see. All right. I'm good for this one. This is going to come from the listener... Game fan forty four. This is talk to the microphone. Oh, I like the <laughs> microphone. Um, this comes from Game Fan forty four. This is from the game Tome. I'm not even sure how you pronounce it. Tome T O E M. Oh, I thought it was to yeah Toem. To it could be Toem because yeah. Toe within an M. Um, a place in the sun composed by Launchable Socks and Jamal Green. I like that. Yeah, me too. <laughs>
I will say straight up that, uh, well, first and foremost, I'll mention the track now named this point. This came from the game Toem, and the track is titled A Place in the Sun, submitted by Chrome Game Fan 44, and is composed by Launchable Socks and Jamal Green. An interesting point that Chris Murray brought up in the chat was we were talking about the idea of having games we never got around to playing, and it was spawned by me talking about how I owned but never played Skyrim. And Chris Murray goes, one or two, I have tons of games I've never played but owned digitally or physically. And I feel like in the modern age, a lot of people are like that now. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily, I mean, even if you're like, well, but for now, I don't have a ton of money. Neither do I. But nonetheless, you know, we live in an age now where, like, they make games like Peanuts cheap. You can get games for, like, a dollar, five dollars. Good games. Not even shovelware. And as a result, you might feel competitive. Now as this cheap, I have to get it while I can, while I can afford it. But then you still haven't gotten around to playing it yet. So it's easy to just kind of stockpile unplayed titles. It's just the way of the the way of the nat- of the nature of the business nowadays. But enough about rambling about games I'll never get around to play. Let's talk about this wonderful game that I should be playing, submitted by GameFan44. She says... These are some of the songs, because she mentioned a few songs. I'll name the other one she mentioned, too, even though we didn't play them. I, I think we picked a good one. Oh, we totally did. Yeah. Um, she submitted um, Ginger Island from Stardew Valley, Purification of the City from Flower, and Celebi's theme from Pokemon Coliseum. Which, and so, of course, I chose the Toem track. And she says, these are some of the songs I think about when it's a nice, crisp morning, and you can tell it's going to be a hot one outside. I have been working on the Summer Games Challenge. She absolutely has. Um, I'm hoping to beat one more game this month and start the summer off with three games finished. Wow. Wishing everyone a great summer. And I we greatly appreciate that because, yeah, she's been putting in the work. Putting, that, me, she's putting us to shame, that's, Rob. That's that's a summer. That's a kickoff the summer. Three, yeah, three games. I'm trying to remember. I know she did uh, Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages. Mm-hmm. I believe she also did Oracle of Seasons. She did both games, which was cool because she was able to do the password passing back and forth feature. Um, but I'm trying to remember. She actually posted another one recently that she was able to get through before, you know, she. Pre- I think she made her goal, but I don't remember the game. She'll have to tell us in the chat at some point oh. what the third game was. I think she pulled yeah. it off, though. A Toem looks amazing. It's like a, it's a black and white. It looks hand-drawn, but it's, it's definitely 3D modeled. And you're just running around this world, and you got to take pictures. Which is actually not. I like the whole like yeah. relaxation vibe of it. Like, the whole quest system is taking mm-hmm. pictures for people that want them. I like that. I like that a lot. I feel I, I it's one. It's an interesting thing to like. I find myself wanting to play these photography games, but I'm always wishing there was some air of danger. I'm not saying you have to have combat. Just I want there to be some risk involved. Like I want you to yeah. get a picture of this rare bird who lives at the center of a volcano. I was like, oh boy, yeah, this th- is going to be a high price photo. It's definitely not a Pernell game because it could it could be. It could be. I get stressed sometimes. I want to relax with a nice black and white character. I know, but you, shots but you like, don't. I feel like your relaxing is someone else's stressful time. <laughs> I mean, it's true. She named it. it was Minish Cat. Minish and Cat. And I should have remembered that because she inspired me to open my game up and play through it again. Because so I'm she, actually on the last dungeon of Minish Cat. So she went Cat. full Zelda. Yeah, that. she did. Yeah. Three really good Capcom and Capcom developed Zelda games. Oh, I didn't realize they were all Capcom developed. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong about Minish Cat, but I'm almost positive all three of them were. I'll have to double check later. But that's partly why I was a big fan of those Oracle titles, because they played very differently from your typical Zelda game, despite having the general features of dungeon exploration and dungeon items and whatnot. They just felt different. Mm. And I like that about them a well, lot. Well, well, 
what about it was a little different. Well, that's what I'm Chris, Chris Murray says photography walking sim nightmare mode. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> Hard mode. You get three you get three rolls. Actually, you know, walk not that but no, photography walking sim nightmare mode is freaking Outlast. Have no. you have you ever played Outlast? Have I ever told you about Outlast? Talking to me? Yes. I'm, I'm probably, but I don't remember. That was the game where you are the journalist who breaks into an insane asylum because you got a call about some weird goings on and you get trapped in there. Oh. So you're running around trying to avoid like crazy people that are trying to kill you. Mm. And uh, you don't have a weapon. All you have is your camera. And the camera is your source of light as well. Oh. So you're, everything's being done. You're looking through the camera. And as you're running from things, your light's running on a battery. Now, there's another game like I was right. Kristen confirmed they're all Capcom. There's another um, horror game on the PlayStation that was like that. Was a D? Are you thinking about Fatal Frame? Fatal Frame. Yeah, but Fatal Frame is different though. Fatal Frame, you get the film for taking photos. That's your attack power. That's yeah. like do damage, you take a shot. Outlast. Yeah, the ghosts don't want to be seen. They don't want to be seen. So I don't even remember. Was definitely stressing Fatal Frame. But with Outlast, you couldn't fight back. You were only running away. And the camera was your eyes and also your light. Ooh, so it was like it was like kind of reduced. Like vision. Yes. Yeah. So if you're running in the dark with your light on the entire time, your batteries are going to go dead. And you have a limited supply of batteries. You're out of batteries, you're running in the dark. Not by choice. So you're running around, hiding under beds. You have to turn the light off to conserve battery power. Sometimes you're tiptoeing through the dark because you don't want to drain your battery. You're like, well, I know the distance between here and there. Yeah. If I can tip-talk and listen for the guy to scream, to me, that's nightmare mode. Because you do have to take pictures of stuff sometimes, too, for like evidence and things like that. It's freaking creepy. Zelda is not. Zelda is relaxing and so is Toem. So yes. <laughs> that that's not Yeah, yeah, and there's there's no like repercussions for like taking a bad picture or this or that. You just got to do it again. Okay, it was hey, like you uh, don't know that. They might say we I don't want this photo. Give me a better one. Well, it was like in Spirit Fair. Like there's there's an arc to the story. You're playing through it, but you're not like being chased by anything. You don't have hit You're being chased and, by time. You are being chased by time, but you can take all the time in the world. But it just feels bad if you do sometimes, uh, because you start to think of the other characters like real people. Like, why am I wasting this poor character's time? Like, he wants to move on. Let him move on. He's tired. Well, looks like, we, looks like Kristen does have to go for a bit. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Kristen. It was a great joining. time hanging out with us. Oh my god, it was a wonderful time. And be well. And keep us posted on your game chronicling because yeah, yeah, it's like really to exciting to hear about the games you're playing through. Yeah, for, for our listeners of the show, we have a Discord server. Um, you can find it on our website, rhythmandpixels.com, and there's a little channel called the Summer Games Challenge, and that's where everyone's kind of talking about the games they're playing and posting their, their progress and how they're doing. And Chris Murray's saying he don't think he can handle Outlast. I don't know. I feel like they do have difficulty settings where the batteries don't drain as fast. I was playing on a difficulty where the batteries were just like... So I really did have to learn how to run in the dark. But uh, there, there are easier settings. You can handle it, Chris. Just, just got to step in there. All right. So our next track is coming from Chris Murray. This, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pick the Chris Murray track. This is Enigma Rips the Sky from Caravan Stories, composed by Azusa Chiba.
All right, you just listened to Enigma Rips the Sky from Caravan Stories, composed by Asusa Chiba with a chorus by Cantillation. Um, and that was really a beautiful track. Really, really enjoyed that. It's really started sounding like um, Ghost like in sum- the Shell. Yeah, I was like, this is like Summer in the Mayan Ruins. <laughs> it's just, um, then the piano comes in. It's, it's just, um, it's very uplifting. has a very strong arc to it. I really enjoyed that. Uh, Chris Murray says, um, I picked this track because the album art is very sunny and the idea of caravanning anywhere makes me think of sunny skies, open spaces. In this track, I feel like this, and I feel like this track delivers that vibe. I've never played this game and the soundtrack is absolutely massive, but this track stood out to me, so I hope you all enjoy it as much as I do. I did enjoy it. When I looked up the information on BGMDB, it had 10 volumes. Wow. Yeah. So there's a lot of music possible. There's a lot of music. It sounds, it sounds like a very long, like a very large game or maybe series of games. Well, you know? It might be an online game, which means they probably just expand upon it with new music when yeah. they create new regions and that, stuff that, like that. That could be what it is, yeah. An online game. Um, where you, this is not, what is that game that everyone's playing nowadays? Uh, Genshin? Yeah, Genshin Impact. Which Are is people still playing that? Yeah, it's getting another expansion. It quote-unquote leaked recently like, <laughs> there are leaks to Genshin Impact expansions like really yeah I, I am astounded I can see that um, right now uh, um, Summer Games Quick is going on this week have you been watching any of that I have not though the wise guy submitted some interesting statements on like a bunch of shirts they're putting out for it this year there's like an Omori shirt that I really kind of want to get yeah I think there's a, there, there's an Omori run that's going on um, during the event I watched a bit of Oh, what's the one you're 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 a fox, but you're like a, a thief, den of thieves, Sly Sly Cooper, Sly Cooper, the, the PS2 franchise. Yeah, yeah, but it was a Sly Cooper. He's a raccoon. It's a Sly Cooper. And a yeah, it was a raccoon. 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 I keep thinking he's a fox. It was called Den of Thieves, and it was the sequel the guy was playing. Yeah, maybe, and, I was, maybe um, I was it was sl- really fun to watch. Are you sure it was an Honor Among Thieves? Honor Among Thieves. Yes, Sly Cooper three. That's what it was. Yeah, that's the one. I think I played a bunch of that one. That was on the 360. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. It was a, that's a PlayStation franchise. Was a PlayStation? Oh, no, it was PlayStation 2. I remember playing it in the condo, and those are the two systems I had in the condo. <laughs> the, the PlayStation 2, then I had the Xbox 360. But it was really cool. They had lots of different um, skips to skip through, like uh, cut scenes and to get enemies that you couldn't normally get. So it was like a modded thing that allowed them to do that? No. It was just they figured out ways to go out of bounds and like do crazy stuff. Wow. Yeah, it was fun to watch. It's interesting when they do that in more modern games because you try to assume, <laughs> assume that... Yeah. They come up with like the actual developers, like, okay, we need to ask the gatekeeper so he can run down this narrative path. No way. No way to go around. And they're like, no, I'll show you. I'm going to jump off this cliff five times. The bigger and more complicated, exactly. The bigger and more complicated they make these games, I feel like there's more holes people can poke through them, you know? It just amazes me that they can. I want to see it. I need to go watch a La Mulana speed. I'm sure someone's done it, and I'm sure they broke the that, That's when I first it. heard about it. it was um, you, you told me about it, and then like I hadn't heard, thought about it in a long time, and then I saw it on games done quick but it was boring because they already knew the answers to all the puzzles so they were just racing to each puzzle and just finishing it really quick and going to the next one just finishing real quick and the, the, but as a person who's already impressive the game, is the bosses exciting. the bosses are impressive obviously but yeah oh because you know the game so yeah, yeah. but if you haven't solved the puzzle it's kind of a spoiler for you you're like what the heck what did he do why did he even do that exactly yeah but it doesn't it doesn't even it doesn't really spoil it because like you know like like, oh, he walked over here and stepped on this thing and then jumped and then something happened. I'm like, of course. Like, for me, it makes no sense, you know, seeing that happen. 
because there's no context around him doing those individual things to do. Yes. You know, what's exciting about La Mulana is having all of the clues that lead up to this like one little thing that you had to do that was in front of you the whole time. You should go back to it. I say this part, I don't know how you could. I don't know how. I could. I'd have to start over. I took so many notes. I tried really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I tried real hard to, to, to do that game. This is a brute. Just to do that game, not to finish it. I just wanted to do it. <laughs> be a part of the. I want to be. I want to be part of that. Part of that group. There's your nightmare the mode. Mulana by the way, group. anybody's in the summer games challenge. You want a nightmare mode? Go play La Mulana. Just play the game. No, just normal, normal, normal style. Just play the game. You don't you, even have to complete it. I just want to see how well you do. You did the whip only mode. I did, and I didn't get the achievement. I'm still mad about that. Is there an achievement? Yeah. Without using special weapons. And that's the reason I did it. I was like, I wonder if I could pull this off. And I finished it. The game was like, no, you didn't. I'm like, you stupid game. Lie. Yeah. That would be that would be infuriating. It was. Yeah, La Mulana, speaking of floaty jumping. That game has tons of floaty jumps. Pretty bad. All right, so we're on to your last track. All right. What is my last Ooh, track? Right. Give me a second to compose myself. I got I got caught up in the whole La Mulana buzz. Okay. This actually comes from Curly Kevin. Uh, this track is from the game Paradise Killer. I need to get I need to start that game maybe at the airport tomorrow. Um, this comes from that game and the track title is called Eighth Street Rose and it's composed by Barry Epoch Topping.
Welcome back. And I am currently wishing that I was eating one pot chicken with Spanish rice, which the masterful chef Hammock is preparing right now. But instead, I got to save it for later and talk about this fantastic submission by Curly Kevin from the game Paradise Killer called Eighth Street Rose, composed by Barry Epoch Topping. So, Paradise Killer is a game that has been sitting on my to playlist forever and a darn day. Because I love the premise behind it, I just haven't sat down to start it. It's like a it's like a procedural crime scenario, mm-hmm. but you get to choose when to end it, and as long as you can just kind of state a case for the whoever the killer is, you win. It's a weird idea, but people love it, so I assume it feels good to play. So, so I want to find out. So you 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 win, meaning you end the game. Yes, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you've that you've. You haven't technically solved the crime because yeah. you technically want to solve the crime, but there's no one to tell you you failed. <laughs> it's interesting. That's interesting. That's like an old school mystery where like the mystery is presented, you follow the detective, but then they don't tell you. It was like you had to figure it out watching it. Mm-hmm. So let's see what Curly Kevin had to say about Paradise Killer. It says, for summertime, I can't think of one game that fits better than Paradise Killer takes place on a tropical island as you are investigating a cult-like group that worships aliens and abducts people to join said island. You explore the island in first person, finding clues and interacting with a colorful cast of characters. I would say more, but I'll just leave a teaser. I highly suggest this game. I suggest any track from the OST in a new extended album called About That, Paradise Killer B-Sides. They added these new tracks in an update to the PC and Nintendo Switch and are a part of these to Xbox Series X and S and PS5 versions. If I did a Masters of VGM, I would choose Barry Topping as a new addition to that. Well, Curly Kevin, maybe you'll submit another track for Paradise Killer for next month. Yeah, that would be great. I would love to hear. Every track I've heard from this game has been awesome. It really has. This, this track is amazing. Mm-hmm. I love this track. It fits the vibe of being on a tropical island, too. Yeah, but like I don't know, it's it's like a tropical island, but also kind of like a cool '90s nightclub. Yeah, yeah. stepping out on the town, which this I really like. So we we're talking about like beat 'em ups, right? In the chat, because you know Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge, and Jeff uh, and Triple Jeff says, "I am hoping it can give me referring to Shredder's Revenge. I'm hoping it can give me the same way that I got from Scott Pilgrim, hmm. which was River City Ransom vibes." And for me, I'm like, I love. What I've played a Shredder's Revenge so far, and I love Scott Pilgrim, but I can't think of too many games that are going to give me with Scott Pilgrim game. Mm-hmm. I can't speak for everybody, but it was like the perfect storm when that game dropped. One, I'm obsessed with the whole River City Ransom buying upgrades to like moves and yeah. stuff like that, shopping for food. Uh, it had Paul Roberson for art and Anamanaguchi for the music. Yeah, which and is it like, had a, like the power team right there. It was yeah. perfect. And even though you can either take or leave the premise of Scott Pilgrim, the concept of Scott Pilgrim is perfect for a beat 'em up. It's all video game references. Oh yeah, and stuff like that. So yeah. it's like it was a the whole thing was just the perfect storm. I mean, the story the uh, the story of the books follows like a video game arc, and that's just kind of like the joke. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I love Turtle mm. Shredder's Revenge. I don't. I mean, I would love to hear if it changes that for other people, but I can't. I haven't gotten the Scott Pilgrim vibe since Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, and that includes Fighting Range, which, as you all know, I love. Well, yeah, that's just like really specific feel, right? Like this, like the the new Turtles game is designed to make you feel like you're playing an updated version of an arcade 
Turtles game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. How, how the same thing with the Streets of Rage was supposed to make you feel like you're playing like an updated Streets of Rage game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes more sense. Um, speaking of which, let's get into the bonus round. Bonus? Bonus round? Oh, guys. Ghost? Girl! The bonus... The bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme. And I chose from the last weekend, our friend Daryl sent us a couple tracks from the new game, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. And this is going to be a hilarious double whammy because (laughs) I pretty much did the same thing. Yeah, I I had a feeling they they would go back to back. So this is the track We Ain't Came to Lose by Raekwon and Ghostface Killer from the Wu-Tang Clan. Now I'm here to beat you with full force Mess up your facial features I still have I'm selling all your little seasons All y'all stuff your face with is pizza Pizza crack like a hardball egg on Easter, Easter See these muscles on me? I could beat your teacher I'll defeat Leonardo, y'all become the weakest I take off all of your masks and dismantle your features Shredder, I cross the line like a letter Smash all of you turtles, put you back together Indeed, I squish turtles like a tight girdle Any obstacle, I clear it like a high hurdle My stomach cringes for all of you fake ninjas Fighting you a winless, show you what revenge is Diabolical moves, strike with mad vengeance Ask Splinter, he know I'm coming with bad intentions We ain't came to lose In a half shell going to war Got the city under siege and they holding the fort Got extra large pizza boxes all on the floor Get sized up by a negative force Your time's up on whatever you thought Individuals starving the floor So the samurai swords on point for the cause Dangerous metals highlight the reign of terror The twilight meets the rain of shredder All for one and train together Through dark clouds in the strangest weather Breaking news, the front line sprayed with ooze No sunshine, only dangerous rules We fly with nunchucks that attain the crews And lace the enemies, we ain't came to lose We ain't came to lose That was We Ain't Came to Lose from TMNT, Shredder's Revenge by uh, Raekwon and Ghostface Killa. That it's, was submitted by Daryl. It is a banger. I got to tell you flat out, it it drives mm. me nuts. Like I always have this conversation with people when they say, I don't like this genre. I don't like that genre. I'm like, no, you just haven't heard the right song in a genre to yeah. learn what you like. <laughs> and that stands the reason here because like, I remember liking rap music. I remember liking it quite a bit. And then over the years, it just kind of fell off. 
And I would hear rap tracks. I'm like, this sounds terrible. This sounds terrible. Mm. You know what I'm talking about. You're at the traffic light in the city, and somebody drives up next to you, and it's like really terrible tracks. Our player was like, I like doing drugs because they're great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, drugs, yeah. Drugs, yeah. what? Get money, get paid. I, I know. Like, this is not fun. This is pretty lame. I want to listen to rap that has a chain, chain of beats and lyrical mm. flow. Something that makes me feel like I'm going to blow, feeling great. Well, it's great because like, also, I I feel like modern a lot of modern rap I don't really connect to because I feel like they all have a very similar flow where they just go like, like yeah, pizza, something, 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 pizza. <laughs> it just doesn't. Feel I don't know. Great. It's just, yeah, it's just it's all like very like 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 they used to call it mumble rap or or something back like I guess years ago, but I just don't like the what the what the modern rap style is like. But this is the I mean classic. But that's just it though. I don't even think it's necessarily like modern. It's just what people are like making the easiest money off of. But this is rap that definitely still exists. It's just unfortunately oh, not the stuff I'm getting. We're yeah. getting exposed to as often as we would like. But, but uh, I, trust me, but I, really I like their flow. I like the 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 cleverness in their lyrics too, which is always a lot of fun. They've absolutely. always been that way. And um, of course, it's all about the turtles and ninjas fighting, and that's a lot of fun. And so, and because it's a video game, it's a much faster track than you would hear in a rap beat. It's pretty quick. Oh yeah, because it has to keep up with the pacing of the action on the screen. Yeah, but of course, like compared to other music in the game, it's pretty slow. But like for a rap track, I think it's pretty fast, which I, I appreciate. It has a lot of great um, instrumentation, and it changes around a whole lot. There's a lot. The scratching is really, really good too. Really enjoyed the scratching on that track. So I know it says Raekwon and Ghostface Killer, but I wonder who else is doing production for this music. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll find out. <laughs> He's like, I'll check right now. I figure while you're doing that, we may as well start the other track because they're both from the same game. Oh, absolutely. And they will bring up the uh, re- some last week in yeah, testimonial. It just seemed right to play both of these tracks at the end of the show. They're so good. Yeah. Um, this track that I'm going to choose is the other submission that he provided to us, which is called Panic in the Sky. And this one was done by T. Lopes and Johnny Atma. Come on. 
yogurt cup looks so tidy at Bird Hill's hand. <laughs> it's all right. I mean, it, it is a small yogurt cup. I mean, to be fair. But it is true. And, and to be fair, your hands are also like twice the size of mine. Giganto. <laughs> Um, this is also from TMT Shredder's Revenge. The title track, the title of the track is "Panic in the Sky," composed by T. Lopes and Johnny Atma. So, similar to what Try Jeff said in the chat, this very much sounds like a Turtles track. Like when you hear this, the party comes alive. Oh yeah, you know you know things are happening on the screen. You're thrashing foot soldiers while you're, I guess, skating across the sky. And quite frankly, that's what I got from it when I listened to it too. I was like, "Yep, I'm picking it. I'm ready." Um, to be blunt. I feel like all the vehicle tracks in this game are really solid. Like they just they have this vibrance to them that make me go, "Yeah, I'm having a great time beating guys up on the move." It's like because it, it knows that like when you're a kid playing these games and you got to those stages, everyone got amped up. Everyone got so excited because it was just just different enough, right? Yeah, like sewer surfing. Oh, this is gonna be great. Beat yeah. up the missiles. You know, it was such a good time. And then you fought the Rat King on a freaking jet scooter. How did he get that thing? Um, but yeah, it was who I, gave him this who scooter? Gave it to him. He didn't have that kind of tech. He has rats. He should be surfing on a board completely made up of rats you know, <laughs> hanging on to each other. Um, but no, this is. I love this track. I love this game. It it feels good to play. I like the fact that they brought Splinter and April O'Neil in as actual fighting mm. characters because yeah. people that watched only the cartoon are probably like, but yeah, she doesn't know how to fight. But to my recollection, in the comics, she learned judo. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's a toughie. So she can throw yeah. down, and of course, Casey Jones, he he deserved to be in the friggin' game. Is he in the game or no? Yeah, he's unlockable. Though. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. I was like, see. But yeah, like he he was the vigilante. They met. Remember when he came up on the cartoon for the first time? He was the guy that just didn't play by any rules. They're like, you can't do that. He's like, but you're vigilantes too. Like, yeah, but we we follow a code. I know. But it's funny because like he, they're both vigilantes, but Casey Jones can just take his mask off and walk around in the real world. The turtles can't. Well, you gotta understand, this was the cartoon where all they did was wear trench coats and hats and somehow no, no one they, knows the two fingers and remember, hands. Remember they had those terrifying uh, human masks they would wear? Oh, they were horrible, oh, and they, and people yeah. fell for those too. It was the oh, most hilarious so, thing. It was so weird looking. Well, for more information on the bonus round, go to rhythmandpixels.com where we'll have links to uh, artists' band camps and sound clouds where you can buy the music and support the artists. Surf up! All right, thanks for joining us on episode 33-4 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is the, uh, the I'm calling it the hot Patreon summer um, of, of summer kickoff jams from video games, all picked by our listeners. So I want to thank everyone who's hung out with us in our chat room um, while recording the episode. It's, it's, like you're, it's like you're with me in my basement, but, <laughs> but not in a scary way. I don't know. I'm kidding. I, pretty, it's, it, it's really good to have everybody chat with us on the chat because it feels... It feels good and organic, and honestly, God, stop doing it. Um, I just like hearing everyone, or rather, seeing everybody talk about cool stuff, make funny quips, mm-hmm. and just be present because we record these every week, and people listen to the show. But it's not. It it'd be nice if we got more like feedback back on that. So having people in the actual mm-hmm. chat being like, "Hey guys, this is some weird stuff." It's more immediate, which is nice. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I I really like that a lot too. Um, 
maybe we could do more. I don't know. I like that it's a special thing. Like oh, once for sure. a month. I if like that did, it's special. If we did too many, we yeah. get less people showing up. It's like, well, I don't have time for this, or I'll do it later because mm-hmm. it's going to be another one in like two days. So it's probably better to do it monthly anyway. Yeah, but I, th- I think so too. But maybe if I start doing these episode, these like these game recordings or something, maybe that'll be a thing where it's like, hey, this is a weird thing to watch. Purnell made this stupid quip when he got killed for the empty time on Bloody Martian Kid Chameleon. That's hilarious. Um, you gotta believe in yourself, Purnell. Oh no, I believe I'm gonna get killed on Bloody Martian many times <laughs> in Kid Chameleon. That level was hell on earth for me. I recorded it. That was the very first video game I recorded myself playing on VHS. Oh, wow. Do you have those VHS still? No, my brother recorded over them with basketball games. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, do you still have those basketball games? I'm pretty sure I smashed them over my knee because I was very <laughs> angry when I learned he recorded over my recordings. Man, now we'll never know who won that game. Oh, I did when I smashed the tape over my knee. <laughs> well, if you want Wait, to... Wait, no, no, not yet, not yet. We got to give the credit for the... Oh, uh, that's right. I forgot we are playing one last track here. That's uh, How could I forget? This and is... what a track. Like It was submitted... It was honestly a great submission by Christopher Shinstrom. And I love the track submission itself because he says it's Sidecrawler's Dance from Wonder Boy 3, composed by Banjo Guy Ollie. Now, the thing about it, from my recollection, I could be wrong here, but Banjo Guy Ollie did music for Wonder Boy and the Cursed Kingdom, which was the revival of the Wonder Boy franchise. And I'm fairly positive this track is in that game. Um,. This is a remix of... Actually, I'll say I think he makes a reference to this, too. So, Chris Shinstrom says, My usual go-to summer jam is The Secret of Mana, Color of the Summer Sky, a song amazingly composed with great melody and tropical vibe. But I'm throwing a curveball at you guys for the remix this time instead, and I hope you'll like it. It's the wonderful beach theme from the game Wonder Boy, Sidecrawler's Dance, covered by BG Ollie, which is Banjo Guy Ollie, giving us his usual vibing and plus ultra. Yeah, there's some... My Hero Academia references in there. So, but you said that this this, this, is, this is a remix of the track, but it was used in the game? Yeah, so there was a number of tracks he did like that. So, Wonder Boy and the Cursed Kingdom was like sort of like a revival of the franchise. Um, done by friggin', I can't remember the name of the company, I'm tired. But, they got Banjo Guy Ollie to do some tracks for the game. And this is a track they put in the game. It's kind of it was meant to elicit vibes like, oh, I remember that game. Oh. And it worked on me because that beach track is one of my favorite VGM tunes. Like mm. this was the game that had me on Turbo Graphics 16 sneaking past my aunt to go to my uncle's room to play the game while he was out with his friends when he was in high school. Like, nope, <laughs> this is my chance to play Turbo Graphics, play some Dragon's Curse, which is Wonder Boy 3. Mm. Um and I, I loved getting to this level and beating up the crabs and listening to the coins bounce around on the ground. It's If you've never played Wonder Boy 3 or Dragon's Curse, for that matter, they're the same game, just different namings, you owe it to yourself to give it a shot. It's, it's so fun. And then play Wonder Boy in the Cursed Kingdom, which maybe that'll be a Summer Games Challenge title. I'm on the last dungeon of that game, too. Oh, so that'd be fun. So I could finish it. You could stream that, too. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I-, I love this. Enchilada Regal shows up in the chat. The first thing I noticed he said was TG16 forever. Yes. Turbo Graphics, baby. <sighs> Such a good system. For all the game consoles that have come out, and the fact that I'll sit here and tell you that my favorites are like the Nintendo Switch and like the Nintendo DS, the Turbo Graphics slash Turbo Duo hold a place in my heart that can be taken up by nothing else. Mm-hmm. It was this is a special system. Redbook Audio. These like anime openings and closings, this, the, the 
the voice acting that sounded like they hired the janitor to come in and record a few lines. Now, when the TurboGrafx-16 was released in North America, did it come with the CD attachment? No. It was no. originally the TG-16 system itself. Then there was like a, like a back adapter you could snap onto it. Right. Then it was the TurboGrafx CD adapter. Then there was a SuperCard 2 you could slap in the Hue card slot. Then there was the Turbo Duo, which was just one console that had everything in it. Right, that, and that's what you had. That's what I had. Right. Yeah, okay. I still use it. That's what, that's what I was remembering, and then I was like, wait a minute. Am I thinking that that was, that was all that was released in North America because there were so many attachments and additions that they just probably weren't going to sell in North America? But I guess they did. They tried. They tried, which yeah. makes me sad because it feels like if they just started with the Turbo Duo, they probably would have had better luck. Because all that, just extra spending money that people didn't want to drop yeah. cash on. But it makes me think, if I had high school or college money back when that system was new, would I have all the stuff and not have to look at Dungeon Explorer 2 at too many games selling for 500 bucks? Wishing yeah. my uncle's friend gave it to me instead of selling it to a friend for 10 bucks Ooh. because he just didn't like the game anymore. And I was like, no, he should have gave it to me. I'm still <laughs> kicking myself for this. Oh, man. Well, thank you very much, Christopher Sandstrom, for picking this track. I'm really enjoying it. I, I like the vibe of this track too, especially done in the um, with the acoustic guitars. Well, if you want to get in contact with us, if you want to send us an email um, with a uh, track suggestion, a topic suggestion, or anything like that, then then do please send us an email. And that email is rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And for a full track listing of of this episode and of all of our episodes and access to all of our episodes because not not all of our older episodes are on the podcast feed. You can go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com um, And at the top of the website is a link to Discord, our Discord server. You can check that out. Uh, me and Pernell hang out there. We have a lot of listeners. A lot of other uh, video game music podcasters are also in that Discord. So you can click that link and it'll join you right in. We also have a YouTube radio station. It's 24-7 playing 8-bit and 16-bit classics and deep cuts. Uh, it's probably going to get a playlist update pretty soon because of some um, nastiness that we've been receiving from some game companies. So that's going to change pretty soon. <laughs> uh, I just haven't gotten around to it yet. But it's at uh, youtube.com slash rhythm and pixels. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that station, so you can go check that out and listen to that. And what else we got to uh, plug here? Uh, we just had that live show. We're going to be and hopefully... At Retro World Games Expo in, in Hartford, in August, in Hartford, Connecticut, and if not at the show, doing our show or doing a show, we'll just be up there anyway. So, if um, you're in the area, say hi. Say hi. Look for the tallest person in the room. <laughs> you'll, you'll find us. You'll find him. But I'll be next to him. <laughs> yeah, it's the beacon. <laughs> He's the beacon. Pernell, send the beacon. <laughs> 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 you, know, you just take, you take your shoes off and you throw them in the air. <laughs> um, and if you want to support the show, the best thing you can do is tell people about it, or you can click subscribe or like or whatever the button is on the platform you're listening to. Travel back in time and warn <laughs> them that the podcast is coming. The podcast is coming. Yeah. Or bring it with you back in time and create a paradox. Oh, that. yes. Um, if you guys aren't <laughs> bored, then the podcast won't happen. And how do you think we cured monkeypox the first time? <gasps> oh, man. Without, without the podcast, we're all lost. <laughs> um, you can also support us by going to Patreon, patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. As a member there, you get access to live episodes of recordings once a month, just like this one. Um, you also get cool stuff like mugs and stickers, and there's T-shirts. 
Um, and there's also some exclusive content. There's prequel episodes that we did in the past. If you want to listen to me and Pernell chatting, a lot of the stuff that happened um, early in the pandemic where we weren't in the same room and we were just really angry. So a lot of that stuff was pretty angry. We weren't angry. We were upset. very upset. Very upset and sad. So there's a lot of that. But it was fun. A lot of that content. Um, there's, there's some mixtapes on there too. And there's also um, the live episode from Too Many Games 2022. Um, that's on there as well. But I think that might be an episode uh, later on. Um, we also like to thank all of our Patreon members who are at the highest levels of our membership. So we want to th- first thank Brooke and Frankly Zappa, both of you. Thank you so, so much for supporting our show. Thank you so much. Huge, huge thank you. Um, next, we want to thank the number one, number uh, one. Kristen, GameFan44. Thank you very much. Mike Myers, the Turianator, Person, and Vashon8060. All of you superstars. Thank you so, so much. Um, now we want to thank Alex Messenger from AVGM Journey, a podcast called AVGM Journey. He is really growing, too. I'm really happy to see that show flourish. Yeah, me too. Um, Andreas Milberg, uh, Brian Pitt, Cameron Worma, Carlos, Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, a podcast all about Asian cinema and kung fu movies. Chris Steenerson, Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219. The wise guy. Christopher Senstrom, Chuck Kowalski, Davy Cakes, David Taylor, Enchilada Rigol, who's, who's in the in chat. chat. Thank you very much for joining us. I think it's his first time in the chat. It is. He's a great person already. He loves uh, the Turbo Graphics. What's not to like? Uh, Harold Howard. We have Triple Jeff, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, another fantastic podcast. Uh, Keith Shusterman, Martyrus, hope host of the ReVGM podcast. Michael Bridgewater, Doctor Michael Bridgewater. Thank you very much. Rage Cage, host of the VG Emporium podcast. Reinhard Selkova, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, Taco, and Ed Wilson of the VG Embassy. Embassy. And so we'll hopefully be seeing Ed from the VG Embassy and both Mike and Justin from XVGM Radio in the next coming months. Yes. So that'd be great. And maybe uh, unless I'll be at the beach with Chris Murray hanging out. It wouldn't be the same weekend. Um, it could be. Could very well be. Well, you would go to Retro World. I would. I would do one of those things. <laughs> you would go to Retro World. No, listeners come first, Pernell. Listeners come first. Who's to say that Ed Wilson doesn't listen to our show? That's true. That's true. You that's never true. know. That's true. That's true. He doesn't though. I told him. <laughs> he told me he's tired of podcasts. He's just doing it for the money. <laughs> <laughs> did it? Did it so hard that's for it, honey? <laughs> um, anyway, thank you all. I, I'm just joking. Ed Wilson's a fantastic person who. Who loves each and every one of you. He wants to tell you he loves every one of you. (laughs) (laughs) To the moon and back. He's a fantastic person. Thank you all so much for listening to the show. Thank you, everybody in the chat room, for hanging out with us. Again, in my basement um, uh, on the chat. And also, just to throw it out there, since it was mentioned, thank you, Enchilada Rigol, for the very, very kind words you left for us in the chat as well. It was much appreciated. Yes, thank you so much. Um, Well, thanks all for listening to the show. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Have a great week. And remember, hobbies are hobbies, fun is fun. Don't let anybody tell you that what you love is lame because if they do and they want to be jerks about it, you can tell them from me. They're full of it. <laughs> it's all about making the best of this situation in this life we live and just trying to enjoy ourselves. And even better, if you can make friends and connections through those hobbies and interests, just like the, video, the VGM scene has done for most of us. Video games, it, it came up in a discussion not too long ago, like, it's, it's, it's me, little, me giving up a little TMI here, but I was having this weird lamentation, like, man, 
maybe video games, maybe if I didn't spend so much time with these video games, I'd be doing something different or mm. enjoying something different. And a friend of mine, I think it was Ashley the Wise Guy who said it. That's where he gets his name. Um, he's a wise, he's he, the wise one. He was like, to be honest, Purnell, honest, you've made so many friends through video games and video game music and stuff like this is the thing for you. Like, there's your life would not be what it was if it were for these two hobbies. Like, there's nothing wrong with loving this stuff. And it's worked on for other people just as much as it has for you. It's fantastic. It's like, never regret or even question that playing video games and having such a passion for those things has been good for you. Yeah, totally. And considering how many people I have actually engaged with that look at games as being like a jump change chore or a waste of your time, just goes to show you that that's actually far from the truth. It is 100% a fun hobby. It has value. It's all about engaging with others and enjoying that hobby with those people. Take away, take a lot with it. Mm. It's just worth it. So, just enjoy what you like. Don't let anybody tell you that what you like is stupid because they're full of garbage. Unless what you enjoy is eating garbage, in which case, then that's an accurate. That's an accurate, that's accurate statement. Yeah. statement. And yeah. sorry, en- enjoy. Yeah, I mean, should, put some hot sauce on. It. Really think about your life choices. No, or put hot sauce on it. I mean, I'm not going to judge, but I mean, come on, it's garbage. Yeah, it's true. <laughs>